0: We're the Bible project, not the theology project, and there's a big distinction with that in the sense that we really are just making videos about the Bible, which we can be unified around.
1: Welcome to the Ministry at Scale podcast. I'm your host, Chad Williams. Join us as we discuss trends, learn from experts, and share practical tips to help your ministry multiply its digital impact. Well, welcome to the Ministry at Scale podcast. Uh, Many of you may be familiar with the Bible Project. They are a ministry that does an amazing job weaving the narrative of scripture into both video and audio. Our family, honestly, has been huge fans for years. In fact, like today, when you walk into our house, there's a very high likelihood that my high school senior will be listening to the podcast of the Bible Project. And uh, uh, they, they just do some some amazing work. Well, today, I'm super, super excited to have Mike McDonald joining us. Mike serves as a chief global focus officer. In addition to that, Mike is also an amazing photographer. And just as we were chatting before we got going here, just have learned that he has started several other nonprofits and, and so I'm just super, super excited to hear how he's able to bring creativity and relationship and has really helped the Bible Project scale in, in some pretty amazing ways in the last few years. So, Mike, welcome. Thanks uh, for joining so us. Yeah,
0: thanks so much, Chad. What an honor. And thanks for that. Just I'll bring you on the road with me. That was an, a very generous uh, uh, introduction. So,
1: yeah. So, 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 so Mike, how long have you been serving with the Bible Project?
0: Yeah, so I've been on staff. I'm coming up on three years here um, this summer. And I've uh, been, a, honestly, a part of the project in some way, shape, or form since the beginning. I was um, friends with, with John Collins and Tim, the founders. Um, saw the first few videos. Uh, would use them in my own work that I was doing. Like, um, like saw them before they're fully produced or after you know, the I first I got to see one of the first ones in the first, uh, the Heaven and Earth one. Um, and then there's a Genesis one. It was kind of the early, early stages okay. of it. Uh, and just, I mean, gosh, thought they were phenomenal. I do a, did mm-hmm. was doing a lot of travel at that point, working with pastors and leaders around the world, um, and always coming up short when it came to biblical resources that we could mm-hmm. hand off to them. Um, so we kind of leave them with some some things that that's what they were always asking for. I worked, for instance, I worked a lot in Burma in Myanmar, and I mean, mm-hmm. the pastors that I worked with there had four books. That was it. And they used those four books to basically teach everything because biblical resources were just not coming into the country at that point. This was back in wow. 2008. And so the country was just opening up. And so gosh, bi- when Bible project material started coming on the scene in 2014, it was so easy for me to share these with with others that um, I was an instantaneous fan, obviously a user um, and uh, was ecstatic when I had the opportunity to join the team.
1: Well, I I think one of the things that the Bible Project does so well is it's not just great animation; it really is the the the, the content of how the story of Scripture just weaves all together. And uh, yeah, you guys just do a do a fantastic fantastic job with that. So so just walk us through your personal work experience and and, and what brought you to this point where you've been able to serve with them
0: uh, serve with them today. Sure. Gosh. Yeah. So I uh, I'm from Canada. Originally, I moved down to Portland. Um, I was owning and operating restaurants, um, was part of uh, moving a restaurant company that we had in Canada down to the States. We bought a restaurant chain off of Wolfgang Puck that was between Seattle and Hmm. Portland. Um, So I moved to Portland, operated that restaurant, um, was bouncing up to Seattle quite a bit. And in the course of kind of about a year and a half, I felt like God was calling me out of that um, and into serving the church in some capacity. I didn't grow up in the church, so I didn't know what that mm. meant. Um, I, 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 you know, come to faith when I was nineteen. I grew up Bahai, uh, and then really, but wow. I was a part of a church here in town in Portland called the Mago Day Community. Uh, great okay. church. Um, I Had a dear friend um, uh, Donald Miller who you know ended up writing Blue Egg Jazz and a bunch of other books yeah. um, and doing Story Brand and everything else. Yeah. Um, but we started a nonprofit together called the Mentoring Project that was mentoring kids growing up without dads. And so that was kind of my entry into the church world and then also into the nonprofit world. And so I worked for Mago for about um, two years, started this nonprofit with Don and then um, ended up taking a job at another church here in town um, that was just getting started uh, called uh, Solid Rock and then turned into Westside and then planted a church called Bridgetown with John Mark Comer in downtown Portland. And so I was part of that church plant for the next kind of 12 years. And what I did there was ran um, the arm of the church that was called Hear the Cry. It was a nonprofit. We started um, doing justice Mm -hmm. and compassion work uh, globally and locally. And we focused on three main areas, refugee care, anti-human trafficking work and um, orphan care. Uh, And what that looked like from the global side, we also did all of that in our own city too. So anything we did globally, we did locally. So if we're doing orphan care globally, it meant we did um, foster care work here in the city. We're doing anti-trafficking work globally. We did that here in our city and same thing with Mm. refugee care. And Mm. so that was my main kind of for about 12 years was doing um, work in that nonprofit space. Um, Through that, had met um, Bob Goff through Dawn and Bob was had just started this organization in um, Uganda uh, that he was doing work there. So I started doing work with him in Uganda and then kind of piggybacked along with, with anything he was doing uh, along the way. So yeah, I've had an opportunity to work with a bunch mm. of different nonprofits and um, just been super grateful for the incredible learning that I got along the way. That, that's a
1: great story. Uh, not growing up in a Christian home, being a restauranteur, and then yep. into, into the serving the church and 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 now with the ministry. And, and I love what you said you were doing. That anything that we were doing overseas, you were also doing it at home. And you know, in the in my space, that's called like eating your own dog food. So if you right. build something for other people, use it yourself, so you can find what works and what doesn't. What did I'm just curious. What did that look like? Was it like, hey, let's do a prototype here at home and then roll it out overseas, or was it more collaborative both ways? Or what what did that yeah. look like?
0: It, for me, it came from a belief that, you know, I'd been on a few, what we typically, and I, I don't love this term, but typically like these mission trip type experiences where people mm-hmm. go for two weeks and do some work, but they often come home and are like, okay, now what, you know, like, do I have to go to Africa yeah. again to live out this part of me that wants to, you know, use gifts and and serve at a at a certain capacity. And so we'd see these people that would then just raise money for the next year's yeah. trip next summer. And it always drove me nuts. And and the idea was is like, you know, you don't you don't need to go to Africa to be a mission a missionary, whatever the church wants to call that. Um yeah. that, that doesn't make you one. And so what does that look like yeah. to go if you care about kids and you're wanting to go serve in Zimbabwe with orphans, then we should care about kids here in our own backyard. And what does that mm-hmm. look like to actually start going? gosh, maybe 10% of our people are going to go to Africa, but the other 90 can live out that part of their, you know, calling right here in Portland. And so Mm -hmm. we started training foster parents, we started training respite care workers, we started adopting DHS offices, which was unheard of, you know, from the church and state kind of collaboration Mm -hmm. side of things. But Having churches Mm -hmm. literally go, we're going to take on this DHS office and we're going to beautify it. We're going to make sure that they've got all the tools that they need, all the materials they need. When kids come in because they've been taken out of their home and into this environment, we want to be the best environment and most comfortable and welcoming environment. So we started, you know, creating these kids spaces for for them um, because otherwise they're just sitting on a plastic chair, kind of waiting for someone to, to to pick them up and. So we just started listening and we weren't experts. Mm -hmm. We just started listening. We we went to the DHS Mm -hmm. offices. We went to, um, Mm -hmm. you know, when it was uh, human trafficking stuff, we're starting to do that globally. We're like, it's happening in Portland too. And so let's talk to the city. Let's talk to the police. Mm -hmm. Let's talk to the folks that are actually engaging with um, human trafficking happening here in our own uh, neck of the woods. And what are ways that we as the church can Mm -hmm. show up and actually serve and give and so on. Um, Mm -hmm. And then same thing with refugee care. So, yeah, it really came out of this idea of like everybody should be called into some form of discipleship when it comes to serving in this capacity. These were the three things we felt God was calling us to. um, But let's just make sure we're not just doing it over there. Let's do it here. And we see that as a Jesus model. It like started in one place and moved out this way. And so um, and that was it. And it was great for discipleship because you would have people go on trips and then come back and start serving in their local area um, which sure. we wouldn't have normally normally gotten
1: now I, 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 our audience are digital leaders that work inside of ministries around the world yeah and um i, I love what you said that, that that you were listening to your audience you went and you interacted with those at the dhs you interacted with those who actually had the needs and you know that's that's so important even for those digital leaders that that we're listening to the audience looking at the analytics watching people who are coming to our websites and interacting uh, watching our videos interacting on our phones yeah. be able to see what's what's really what is it that they're wanting and needing and then be able to uh, to respond accordingly so that's a, that's a that's a really good principle
0: yeah you know? especially for us i think often in our world the digital world we're surrounded by content creators that are creating Mm -hmm. stuff and then hoping an audience watches it, doing everything they can to get an audience to watch it versus talking to the audience to figure out what are they actually looking for and then creating that content. And there's, you know, there's a balance there because sometimes the audience doesn't even know what they want. And I think that's where, you know, when we first started, (laughs) we put out stuff going, I hope people want this, but we're also really okay if nobody watched it then we'd go great let's do something different like this clearly isn't hitting a mark but we saw it hitting obviously a mark and we saw people sharing it and being encouraged by it but for sure we want to interact with our audience as much as possible to to know are we creating materials that people actually care about because if we're not then let's go create something different like there's just no
1: yeah so so i'm 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 curious there's uh, on a couple of different fronts. One is that I, I've talked with so many ministries that it's like, this is my calling and I'm going to produce this content, whether if there's only touches one person, this is what God's called me to do. And then the flip side of it is you don't want to be so user focused that you water down the content. And so right. how, at the Bible project, how do you guys kind uh, of, how, how, do you listen? And then how do you determine uh, how do you, 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 not give up uh, a good theology at the same yeah. time, putting in, in a, in new wine skins that really
0: hits the people that your that your audience is that you're ministering to. Yeah. I think some of it has to do with how it started, thankfully, which was, this was never meant to be a big organization with a whole bunch of art. Like that was never the intent the the thought was really, it was going to be John and Tim and. Maybe one other artist, you know, in their boxers in their basement making stuff for the rest of their life. Like that was literally. It was Went not without the pandemic. Yeah, yeah it was not <laughs> the the thought of like let's build this huge thing. Both of them had mm-hmm. other jobs. Tim was a pastor uh, at a church and and teaching. Um, John had an animation studio that was very successful here in Portland, um, and so mm-hmm. they both had their. Their full time gigs. This was just mm-hmm. what's the dream project we could work on for the rest of mm-hmm. our life? And it would be this making explainer videos about the Bible because they both cared about the Bible. Um, and John was brilliant with the whole uh, explainer video aspect of yeah. it. And Tim was brilliant in the way that his mind worked in the Hebrew scriptures and everything else. Yeah. And so together they did this. But I think it started with that humble beginning of like, we're creating something mm-hmm. that we feel like we wished we had when we were Mm -hmm. growing up in this and we're going to share it with our friends and if they like it great and if they don't then we probably won't do I don't know it was started with this very just open-handed we don't you know have this thing and because the crowd caught up so fast it was an affirmation circle of oh we are actually hitting a mark and so now we are going to keep doing this thing Um, But we're all very honest about like if for some reason the views stop or the the funding stops or whatever, we'll take that as a sign. We're not going to like fight for it. We'll take it as a sign that, you know, it's just not needed anymore or we'll go do something different. Um, And so I think you have to hold it loosely. You've got to put it out there um, and you've got to make it for yourself. I mean, honestly, like these videos were I I still feel like we make every single one of these videos for me. I need them. Like I'm the consumer of the video. Um, I happen to work here, but I'm I'm still a consumer. So,
1: no, I. You've used the term several times, like hold things loosely, and uh, if we're holding on it too tightly, and God says to take it away, and you know it can be pretty painful when He has to pry open our fingers. It can.
0: uh, When I was in India, they you know they would catch monkeys. Is they have like a little um, like wire type. thing and they would put a banana inside of it and the monkey would reach its hand through and grab the banana but it won't let go of that banana and you can just go and grab the monkey and and away you go but it would rather get caught than let go of that Mm. banana or whatever else you've got in there and so I always remembered that as a visual of like man if I hold things tight then I'm gonna get caught and so I've got to figure out how to just be really loose with with all of this no that's that's so such a good life principle
1: applies to so, so many areas. So, so the, the, the name of our podcast is, is ministry at scale and I, primarily in the digital helping organizations scale their digital side of things, but talk about scale. You guys started in what, 2015? Yeah. What's 2014, 2000,
0: yep. 2015, right in that area.
1: And, and you were telling me before the show started that you've got how many staff members locally and globally now?
0: I think we're right around 80, uh, here locally in the U S, um, with also contractors on top of that, but I think 80 staff that are like full-time kind of, um, W two employees. And then we've got over 300 now globally that, um, because we localize all of our content into right now we're working on 50 languages. Our aim is to get to about 68, um, Mm. but 50 languages and that's fully localized meaning we don't just do audio dubbing or or you know um uh, just the script we actually reanimate reillustrate. oh wow we we find local animators local illustrators voiceover actors translators we've got a whole team of people hmm. and we'll spend years i mean it, it's you know we we Translating the (laughs) Bible—they are in a lot of ways, you know—and and and now actually our videos are being used by you know Wycliffe and the Seed Company others to actually train the Bible translators that are translating other texts, and so it's a really great resource in those types of ways. And so, yeah, we've got about fifty teams around the world that are are working on um, these projects full time simultaneously right now.
1: Just just talk to us, talk to our audience about how what did that process look like? Because going from two guys in a boxer shorts creating a couple of videos to 300 staff, including contractors around the globe. Yeah. Just in seven years. I mean, you're, you're growing at a phenomenal rate and, and so just talk, talk about, you've already talked about your mindset, which is a mindset of humility, uh, but talk about some of the other, the, whether it's mindset or strategies or tactics that, that, that you've seen Bible project do well to, to allow you guys to grow.
0: Yeah, I think, um, I mean, it's a great question. Again, we didn't aim to do it. So part of it is a little bit of we're we're trying to keep up with the audience with the crowd with our patrons. And so we allow the, you know, our, our patrons and our audience to actually control the speed at which we grow in a lot of ways. So, um, and and I don't mean this is not meant to be in like a Christianese type thing, but just mm-hmm. there's none of this would be like this is all just a God thing in mm-hmm. all of our eyes. We look at this very like loosely in that sense too. going mm-hmm. this, this, this is none of us are smart enough to make this happen. I promise you, yeah. like John, myself, everybody like. And so uh, I think part of it is we're just trying to keep up with what God's doing around the world when it comes to, um, you know, people having an exciting desire for the Bible. Yeah. Um, I think part of it is, is that we are, we're the Bible project, not the theology project. And there's Hmm. a big distinction with that in the sense that we really are just making videos about the Bible, which we can be unified around outside of all of our denominational, you know, splits and gosh, you start looking at the globe and now you're looking at Greek Orthodox and Catholic Mm -hmm. and Protestant and Reformed and, Mm -hmm. you know, Pentecostal and, Those are folks that don't generally hang out with one another, talk with Mm -hmm. one another or share resources with one another. And so what we're doing is we're trying to create something around the Bible that it's not only a unified story that leads to Jesus, but it's Mm -hmm. a unifying story that leads Mm -hmm. to Jesus. Like we can actually have a ton of unity around the scriptures. And Mm -hmm. so um, I think part of the growth is also that, that we're creating Mm -hmm. something that really just gets you, you know, into this book. Um, mm-hmm. and secondly, that we're not creating something that's, a uh, takes away from it. I, if I watch a video, it makes me get excited about reading the Bible, not go like, oh, great. I understand it. Now I'm good. I don't need to read Ezekiel yeah. anymore. When I yeah. watch the video on Ezekiel, I'm like, it said that that's crazy. I've never noticed that before. I got to go in there and I'm like going in and reading and there's something that's yeah. very unique about that as well. And so. I, yeah, I don't know if there was a strategy around growth other than we're just trying to keep up with what our audience yeah. is like asking for even the localization three years, four years ago, we weren't talking about localizing our videos. Mm-hmm. We were just an English video content creator, mm-hmm. um, you know, and we had a podcast we were starting, you know, that was it. Mm-hmm. Well, gosh, now we've got, you know, um, Bible studies that we're creating. We've got an online curriculum builder that we have that we, we've got an app we're coming out with. There's, you know, yeah. reflections, but there's all, and then there's all this localized content. That's all just yeah. keeping up with our audience. That's going, Hey, this would be a really important thing to do, or this would be really neat to do. And so we try to listen. Yeah. Um, And our values, I think also f- for me, like one of our main values is generous. So we give everything mm. away for free. That makes it really mm-hmm. easy to actually grow. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. It's, it feels like an oxymoron, but like, if you give stuff away and you create good content, mm-hmm. it's amazing and you're very open handed with it. Mm-hmm. Gosh, you've got a lot of friends very quickly in a lot of places that are, are willing to share your stuff. So it's mm-hmm. free, we're generous with that. Um, humility is one thing we talk about all, every week. Like yeah. let's not start yeah. believing our own press. Yes, we're Absolutely. growing fast, but this is not like because we're awesome. This is because yeah. we listen and we work hard and we, you know. so keep humble. Uh, And I, I, anytime anybody asks me like, what can we pray for the Bible project team for? It's my first thing I just say, just pray for continued humility because I've seen organizations get wiped out uh, when pride enters in. And so, um, you know, collaborative, like all, yeah. So we've got some values that really, I think lead uh, us into this kind of place of growth that allows for that.
1: It's, It's super, super refreshing just to talk with you, Mike, and to hear that, uh, work, it's really easy to get caught up, even myself to get caught up in, okay, what's the next quarter? What's the next year? What are our goals for the next year, next quarter? I mean, I'm a goal oriented guy, so I, it's easy to get caught up in things like that. And it's so refreshing to, it it reminds me of what Henry Blackaby said is see where God is working and join him there. And, uh, um, yeah, that's, that's, yep. that's, that's just really refreshing for, for myself personally to, to see how God is, is, uh, using the, the ministry's gifts and talents to really impact people around the globe and having an impact that seven years ago wasn't even happening. And, uh, yeah. yeah, that's, well, uh, it's
0: only, I mean, you guys, yeah. it's only possible because of people like you, you've said you've been following along and been a part of this yeah. journey since, you know, pretty early on. And so. our our patrons are just amazing. Like it's just, there's no way we don't ask for money. Like we don't ever really talk about money that much. Mm -hmm. We just kind of say, if you like it and you want to join with us, then great join along. But most of our donations come from, you know, an average of $30 gifts a month that just come in to, to fund all of the work that's getting done around the world. So,
1: so uh, I'm just curious, just from a, from a practical side of things, when you say, you know, we're, we're growing at the growth that are uh, the term you use as patrons or donors are mm-hmm. are allowing us. So so it's like, do you set your budget based on uh, based on what it was last year, or do you just say, okay, Lord, you know we've got these funds now. What do we do with them? And.
0: Or or how what do you even have a budget? <laughs> no, we do. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I mean, we're yeah, we're we operate very similar. We're we operate like a business in a lot of ways when it comes to that. We've got good strategy when it comes to okay, what came in last year? What's the percentage of increase month on month that's coming in? So how can we forecast based off of a 12 month, six month, three month kind of you know, metric? Um and and whether or not that hockey sticks or not, like we don't put that into the budget. But uh, you know, we yeah, so we have a pretty good idea of like, you know, last year, we were this this year, we're planning on this. So let's write our budget in Mm faith, just seeing the trajectory of where things are going. Um, And but we also are, are pretty scrappy in the sense that we can pivot if we need to. And if Mm -hmm. something happens, then, you know, we, we do that. Um, You know, we have most what's what's unique, I think about and I've because I've worked in a number of nonprofits is is that we actually don't go after like the large donors to like yeah. help make that happen. We have some of those and they're wonderful and we're beyond grateful for them. Um, but we're not building our business model based off of like kind of those being the folks that we've got. We don't call them and go, hey, we need another million or we need another this. Often sure. it's those foundations that are going like, guys, we love what you're doing. We want to be a part of it. How can we be a part of it? And we kind of say, yeah. here's some things we're going to be working on. Here's what it would cost. If you want to be a part of it, great. If you don't, it's okay. Um, yeah. We're going to keep kind yeah. of moving. But the majority of our donations that come in are those actually um, more consistent gifts of like $30 a month. And then we just yeah. have 20,000 people you know, that are faithful in giving every month this amount that kind of keeps everything going and they feel like they're a part of the project and that's actually those patrons are who are paying to make all of our videos so we don't we actually don't put money from the larger foundations into video production Uh, Mm -hmm. we use those for things like our localization let's get this language done it'll be two hundred and fifty thousand to do arabic let's do that we'll use that for that but our actual foundation of what we do is paid for by our everyday faithful monthly patrons so um, and because of that, it means like when the economy crashes or something happens, we don't take actually like I've been at nonprofits where 2008 yeah. economy hit, it's like we lost 50% of our funding yeah. because a lot of it came from the folks that that have impacted the most. Yeah. Um, we're in a space where a 1000 people could lose their jobs and have to stop giving to the Bible project and it, we'd be okay because of yeah. that, you know? And so, and actually we'd probably reach out to those thousand and figure out how could we give back to them and serve them? Cause that's just the heartbeat yeah. of the ministry, so.
1: Yeah. So, so, so I'm curious on the, you know, as you're, as you're, if you're based on so many lower, not lower, just the small monthly donations side of things. Yeah. How many of those are coming through like initially through the digital side? I'm assuming it's a super high percentage because
0: yeah, I I don't ninety uh, nine because you are you are a digital ministry really yeah a digital I mean, ministry. I, yeah we we might get a couple hundred checks a month yeah next to our you know thirty thousand interactions that are on the digital financial side yeah. yeah 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 so it's very I mean it'd be very very small.
1: What what do you do on a like a regular basis to just to connect with people on a regular basis? Uh, like I know podcasts would be a great example. My son gets the podcast or he he yeah. listens to the podcast all the time. Yeah. But like do you have an active email, email system, email campaign, we do. or just, just talk about some of your digital strategies?
0: Yeah. So we do all the typical like Instagram, Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, Twitter, and then YouTube, you know. So there's there's some cadences there. Um, you know, Instagram, you're getting like a daily or every couple of day kind of cadence, Twitter, you're getting that as well. Um, we have a a weekly Bible study that comes out, you know, and that gets sent mm-hmm. out um through that. We have our podcast that's once a week. We have something mm-hmm. called the Reflections Podcast as well, which is kind of going through a year in the Bible and Cherie kind of uh leads that, which has really been mm-hmm. wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um and then we have reading plans that people engage with on a daily basis that they're signed up for. We've got over a million people right now doing reading plans, you know, of Bible Project reading plans. Um, and then, uh, and then we do have a, uh, you know, a, a, an email group of, you know, I don't, know, I can't remember what it's at. Who knows what it's at today? It might <laughs> three hundred fifty thousand people that receive sure. like a, a, an email um, that they've opted into. Uh, yeah. And then we have an app that we're in the process of building that's going to launch at the end of this year that I think will have more of that kind of like daily learner, daily interaction um, type prompting. It'll have a Bible reader in there so you can be reading yeah. or you can be watching or listening or whatever learning style you want for the day. Um, so, yeah, there's a ton. I guess it's like it's we've done a bunch of different ways so that how do you yeah. learn? Like I'm not, for instance, I'm on, I'm on a podcast, but I'm not actually not a consumer of podcasts. <laughs> My wife is. I'm not. I've never gotten yeah. into um, but I was never a big radio guy either. So yeah. um, so that's not the way I interact with the content, but I totally interact with the videos and I actually totally interact with the reading plans. And so that's how I'm daily kind of uh, in it. So, yeah.
1: so I, I think the principle really that you're, t- a lot of people in tech can get super enamored with the technology. Like, oh, here's the, the latest and greatest widget, whatever it is but you, you, it's easy to overlook the quality of the content and yeah. what, what you guys have started with is with your core, which is the content and then identifying, okay, what are the areas that we, what are the channels that all the different channels that we can get in there to touch people and yeah. to, to really, to minister to people. It's not just about, Hey, let's get the next donation, not just marketing. It's about ministering to people. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. 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 It's, I, I mean,
0: if our aim is to help people experience the Bible as a unified story leads Jesus, that's what, that's our North star. Like that's what we care about. So it's yeah. not the number of Instagram followers. It's not the number of YouTube followers. It's not any of that. It's are we helping people experience the Bible as, you know, so all our content has to wrap around that. Um, yeah. And, and so, yeah, that's definitely a big part of it.
1: How how do you measure that or do you measure that? Yeah. You, you know, you, you, You've 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 shared your mission a couple of three different times in our conversation, which is which is awesome, and, and and that's where your focus is. So how do you measure whether you are actually accomplishing that?
0: Yeah, I mean we do have the metrics around like how many unique users. You know we have a we have a mm-hmm. a goal, and again it's one of those like moonshot kind of goals for sure, um, mm-hmm. or earthshot whatever you want to what call it. Um, where we wanna reach a billion people with our content and we wanna have 100 million people um, you know, be, be studiers and like actually mm-hmm. engage. And then we want 10 million people to be like those like daily lifelong, like diving mm-hmm. in and like, the, you know, like that type of way. So we have those kind of out there and then we have different ways to measure, like if they've just experienced our content, that's part of that billion. And that's, we mm-hmm. can figure out unique users from our, our website, to YouTube, to version, the few places that our content is found. YouTube is the main one. Um, mm-hmm. version would be second. Our website would be third. Um, and those are kind of the three places we live. And so that gives us that first one. The mm-hmm. second one would be like, you know, they've probably signed up for our email. They're probably maybe even enrolled in a classroom class that Tim's, we've got a whole thing called Classroom that's free online seminary um, that Tim teaches and it's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And so maybe they've enrolled in a class, maybe they've enrolled in a few of our reading plans. So we can tell they're further than just they've watched one video, maybe they're like more engaged. And then that third one would be like, yeah, they're, they're all in, they've signed up for things, they're going through the classes, and we can see it because we can see them tracking through it. So we do have measurements. Although the numbers don't drive us from a like, we got to go market and and do this and do that. It's, um, it's more, we just believe if more people understood the just incredible insanity of this book that is just beautiful and wild and crazy, and they felt comfortable with their questions going in like that would just make the world a better place. And that's why the the last part of our mission statement is to bring Shalom into the world. Mm -hmm. Like there's an end, there's an end in the sense of like, it's not even just to learn how to read the book. It's so that when you read the book, and you understand the context, and you're moved, you know, into it. That 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 would actually change you as a human mm-hmm. to then go and bring shalom into the pockets of humanity that you interact with, and so mm-hmm. your workplace, your your families, your you know, all of that. And so, yeah, we try to measure it as best we can, but um, that's not my. Thankfully, that's yeah. not. I'm I'm not good at that stuff, so that's not my world. <laughs> so
1: so I'm, I'm. That's super super. Uh, again, just refreshing to hear how, as you're focused on the content and, and accomplishing your mission, and it's not that you're ignoring the other metrics, it's that you, you still have the strategies in place, but you're, you're, you're super hyper-focused on the mission. Let, let me ask you personally, Mike, I mean, you you are an incredible photographer in your own right. I've hmm. seen some of your your photography online and things. Wow. So, so how does that, how is that, that creative side and your, even your photography, how has that helped you in your role as the chief global officer and and really the strategic partnership side
0: of things? That's a very big philosophical question. Gosh, I could probably go down a lot of rabbit holes. I mean, I, I got into photography because my grandpa was a photographer uh, and took a lot of photos. So it was the thing that when I needed an outlet, it was It was just the thing I chose, you know, I think for mental health, it's always important to have something that you're able to do outside of whatever it is that you do. So I started bringing a camera with me around the world because I one, I just wanted to document some of it. Um, And two, it was a good way for me to kind of take care of myself and use a different Mm -hmm. part of my brain when I was often so I mean, it's heavy when you're working with Mm -hmm. orphan care, or refugee care, or any of the anti sex trafficking work. I mean, I was going Mm -hmm. into you know, home, we were starting homes where girls had been rescued out of brothels and, um, you know, finding out. Mm-hmm. So it's just heavy stuff um, that I want to mm-hmm. sit with. But I also want an ability to kind of allow myself to shut off a little bit and, and give my mm-hmm. brain some rest. And so that's where photography came in. That's where it started. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and, and it also is a unique way for me, you know, my, my approach to photography was very personal, it was very like, it's a lot of its portrait, it's a lot of, um, mm-hmm. y- you know, specific moments and engagement. And I never wanted to be that guy that just was walking around with the camera taking photos of, you know, whatever poverty and all those types of things that we see. And yeah. so for me, it was a way I actually would never take my camera. I would never take out the first few days. I just Mm -hmm. met people and interacted Mm -hmm. and learned their names and learned who they were and sat and had food with them and all of that. Mm -hmm. And day three, the camera might come out, but I wouldn't take any photos. I would just have it around me. Hmm. So people would get used to this idea that, you know, Oh, he's got a camera. And and I would always ask, I would always like engage Mm -hmm. and be like, is this okay? You know, can I take your photo or, but it was Mm -hmm. done out of friendship. It was never done. Like all my photos, like anyone that you see, like I know all of those people, like I've spent time with, I've sat with them. I've enjoyed a meal or tea or whatever. And so um, I think the humanity part of photography in that way helps me in the job that I'm doing right now and just interacting with all of our teams around the world. the the travel that i've got to do has has been extremely helpful in my global focus kind of role cuz culturally i i understand maybe a little bit more on how to interact with an asian culture versus yeah. a spanish culture versus a you know so um so that's been super helpful and then i do think that you have to to find a creative outlet it allows you to take something from nothing and create something and that's an important skill to learn as well to to go We've got this blank canvas what are we trying to accomplish how do we get there what are the problems we need to solve to get there i mean photography is all of that i i might see a scene and go okay how do i get this scene captured because the light isn't right where i'm standing i need to move to get the right light and i need to pick the right lens because this is too wide of like you're problem solving constantly in microseconds in order to catch a scene before it disappears and i think that's a skill that um has helped me in my, in my role. Even though it has nothing to do with photography, yeah. I'm having to think of those micro decisions quickly um, yeah. that are gonna impact the end result of whatever it is that I'm trying to create. That's great. That's, you said many things in there I think we can
1: draw principles from. One is, I mean, I was just hearing your principles of evangelism in mm-hmm. a way that you're describing, connecting with people, understand, get to know them, who they are as a person first, and before you ask to take their picture, I mean, isn't that the way that we should be sharing our faith with those around yeah. us? Yeah. And uh, um, absolutely. Yeah. Can just getting to know and enter into their world. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then and then the whole aspect of you you yourself having something that you do as a as a mental health as an outlet. And, you know, I think a lot of leaders, especially I think leaders that are in the digital space in ministries, there's a really high you know really high sense of responsibility and you know don't want to let the ministry down so high work ethic and and um yeah man, it's it's, it, it's 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 a we, recipe
0: for burnout pretty quick yeah
1: absolutely and so having something that you can step away from and get your mind i mean you know with me in the last four years it's actually been hunting
0: and mm, uh, hunting with the bow
1: hunting with the yeah. bow because you're out there you're close to nature you're you gotta slow down gotta slow down you're you're yeah yeah so it's a um, I, I would encourage if you're listening to this today to, to just ask yourself, what is it, what, are, where, where, do you go to escape yeah. and and not escape reality, but just to, to give your mind a, a chance to rest and to process and to think about things. And, and, yeah. uh, I think, I think that's really, really important for us as leaders to, to be thinking about.
0: So, yeah. yeah, I agree. It's unnatural. I think, especially in the digital space. And we've talked about this at the Bible project where, um, especially currently with the COVID and everything else and the pivoting that all the decisions that people are having to make constantly, yeah. uh, it can feel like we are in a startup type feeling mm-hmm. for a long time, like years. Like, I, <laughs> like we've talked about, like, it feels like we've been in a startup mode, like, a, like you're getting ready to like, you know, launch your company yeah. onto the stock market type startup mode, but we've been doing that for seven years. And that's not normal. You don't, you don't crank like that. And so if you, you have to find ways to, you know, busy is okay. Hurried is not, you know, I think like hurry is the enemy of, of, you know, all sorts of of good things. Busy is great. I love being busy. I love having a full plate, but, but this hurried feeling that we find, uh, in, in the startup phase, um, can only last so long, and we're just not meant to do yeah. it for a long time. So, yeah, I think the mental health game right now is extremely important to be checking in with and checking into yourself with, and going.
1: It probably has yeah, gone through. Especially what we've experienced in the last year. That's and, right.
0: Uh, with uh,
1: with the whole pandemic, and that's right. Parts of the country are uh, experiencing it differently, but uh, you know, it's uh, we weren't we weren't made to live in isolation. We that's were right. We're made to live in isolation at all.
0: Yeah. And when we're not dealing with at work, we're actually dealing with it in our families, because there's just so many different opinions about this. So it doesn't (laughs) stop. And so I think that's the part that feels like it's a startup, because it's like, you don't have these like shut this part off and then go get to experience this. It's like everything's one canvas right now. So, you know, finding time for bow hunting, I think is extremely, you know, important because it it shuts all of those things off for a little bit and allows your body to reset kind of like sleep, you know, does for your body. It's really important. And so, yeah, that's great. Well,
1: if, um, Mike, what is one blog or resource or book that you've been reading or digesting recently that you, that our audience would be encouraged by? Man. Um,
0: well, I, I, didn't, give I, shout d- I didn't
1: say podcast because I know you said you don't listen to podcasts.
0: I don't. I, I mean, every <laughs> now and then if a friend's on one, I'll, I'll jump on just to kind of support and listen. And, mm-hmm. and I enjoy that. Um, you know, I, I do for organizations out there, I think there's, and we mentioned this earlier, kind of before the interview, but I, I don't think there's too many better things than StoryBrand, um, Mm -hmm. that what Don's doing with StoryBrand when it comes to Mm -hmm. getting your messaging right. And, and, you know, it, nonprofit business, it's all the same. Like you've got a message you're trying to convey and, um, and how do you do that effectively? So I think his podcast actually is, if I, if I'm listening to some, It's some of the best out there. The guests that he has on there um, are really great. Don does a masterful job of interviewing, um, of balancing like he's really the guide. So, you know, in Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, uh, he's not overtaking the 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 guest. I feel like Mm -hmm. a lot of podcasts out there. It's so often you're you're great at this. Um, You know, I think lots of people when they get into podcast, they're trying to find their voice. So they end up speaking 75% of the time and their guest speaks like 25% of the time. And I always loved Larry King where Larry mm. like literally asked three questions and that was like you if you if you work out how many how much he talks in a in an interview it's like 3%. But he just yeah. asked these great probing questions that allow the guest to really kind of, you know, go there. And so I think Don does a masterful job mm. of that as well. So I would say anything, you know, what what he's working on um gosh books right now if you haven't read i I just finished reading for it's probably like the fifth or sixth time but a severe mercy Mm. man you know i don't know for whatever reason just hit me differently that's that's lewis right it's a lewis with this guy sheldon van auken sheldon van auken's the author but he's got a ton of stuff with lewis in there because him and lewis were friends and they wrote letters. And so there's a bunch yeah. of the letters that Lewis wrote in the book. Um, but for whatever reason, I don't know if it's just, again, this last year or mm. what have you, that that book, um, when it comes to what community really looks like, when it comes to what mm. love really looks like and all those things it just, yeah, for some reason it hit me a little different this year.
1: Well, that's, that's great. That's a, one of, I have not read that book. So I, I look forward to, uh, to, to looking at that one. Our my men's group that i meet with once a week we actually are going to be starting we just finished the book of romans and okay so yeah. we're actually going to be starting uh um cs lewis the screw tape letters some of the oh, guys I've never well, read that so that's uh,
0: i love yeah that's um yeah that's a mind I love, I love that you sure. share,
1: oh it is but, but i love that you shared a, just a just a classic a classical book and uh that's uh, those books that have been around 50 years or more, they've shown the test of time. They've held Sometimes up. The, those are the ones that uh, we can glean the most from.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I do like mixing between a, you know, whether it's a theology or a real, you know, autobiography type book, and yeah. then a full on novel. I think there's some again, talking about that creativity side, I think there's something yeah. about novels that You know, in today's day and age, we've let go a lot of that because we're like, we just need to be producing. So I need to read the business book, the Mm -hmm. self help book, the this, the that, and those are great. But we've like Mm -hmm. most people that I interact with stopped reading novels like 10 years ago because it's like I don't have time for that. And I, I would encourage people. I think you don't you don't not have time for that. Like we need that type of just again allowing our brain to engage in story. in that way yeah. is huge so yeah it taps that right side of the brain and
1: the, the, so so we actually have seven kids and the rule in our house is that we don't watch a movie or our kids don't watch a movie until they've read the book first so oh, i like love narnia, it narnia like, think yep. think the uh, the hobbit and all those and so that's been a great uh, a great experience for them to uh to uh, just just have a completely different view than just seeing the movie yeah and, yeah I love that. Mike, thanks so much for joining us today. Super, super insightful. I know that our audience is going to gain a lot from it. I've gained a lot just hearing mm-hmm. some of the things, some of the very practical things. And yet very, you know, it just flows from not just your heart, but the ministry's heart. And that really, really comes through. Yeah, if anybody wants to contact you or the Bible Project, yeah. um, and I would highly recommend folks, you, you you look at some of his photography, amazing photography. What, uh, how, how's the best way for folks to contact you?
0: I mean, I'm an open book. So you can, I mean, you can email me directly. It's mike at bibleproject.com. Um, my cell number is 503-799-9231. I mean, I'm, I'm just one of those, like I'm available. Uh, you, you go to our website, you know, there's, if you forget all of what I just said, you can just go to Bible yeah. Project and, you know, go to contact and, and they'll, they'll put you in contact with me for sure.
1: So I got, I got to share something. I, when, when we were first introduced through Misty, yeah, usually, usually I get an email response. Say, hey, you know, great to meet you. Yeah. I'd love to connect. I didn't get that with you. Instead, I got a subject line with a video link and it was a video saying, Hey, Chad, great to meet you. Yeah. And, and there was something about that, that, uh, you know, again, being able to, <laughs> being able to put to face, your initial your initial impression was was really really positive and mm. uh, um, yeah, I, I think your ability to be able to take that right side of your brain and apply it into some doing some amazing things with the Bible project um, God's gifted you in some great ways and just want to encourage you to keep using the gifts oh, that he's given you God. for him so I appreciate that
0: awesome. I wish that was a strategy with the video but I mean I literally forgot my computer one day this was about ten years ago and uh-huh. uh, but I had like 50 emails to send out that I had to, like they were like, I'd been leaving them and leaving them. And I was like, I'm going to go down. I'm going to heads down. I literally forgot my computer. And it was like an hour drive into this part of town. So I just took out my phone and I started recording video messages for all the emails. And I just sent them. Wow. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to type it on my phone. This is going to take, yeah. me, you know? Yeah. And so it was actually out of a problem that that solution <laughs> came and it was so much better than sending an email that I've continued doing. I mean, I would say I send 30 to 40 of those a day and uh, awesome. I don't type out that many emails. And it's also allowed me, I also send um, anywhere from five to 10 to friends every day uh, that I think about. So it's mm-hmm. it's become a thing where it's like, if somebody pops mm-hmm. into my brain, mm-hmm. instead of just letting it float away, I'll mm-hmm. if I'm in a meeting, I'll just write their name down. And then when I'm done with the meeting, I'll just send them a quick like, hey, Jimmy, I was thinking of you, man. I just want to know that I just love all that you're doing. You know, like I'll just send some some encouraging message, and and I do that. And man, that's those two things being thankful throughout the day, sending those kind of messages uh, has been super helpful. Well, it's like the
1: the the previous generation's version of a thank you note or totally just a handwritten note, which is also a great thing to do in today's generation because absolutely it's it's a lost art.
0: Um, uh, do you use any specific app for that or do you just use whatever's on your phone? Just use the regular one that's on the phone. And then on the computer, I use something called filmage screen pro, but it's just a, I mean, anything will work. Um, but yeah, I just use literally like my camera app. I just record the video and send it off. I, I I felt like if I try to produce it too much, I'm not going to do it. So it's about as raw and I don't retake them either. So if I mess up, I don't do a retake. I literally just like keep going. And I'm like, that's "That's not what I meant, you know, and it's just natural. So, but it allows me to, to not get stressed about, you know, how's the sound volume? How's my hair? How's my, you know, all the things that you think about. Well,
1: again, Mike, thanks so much for joining us. This has been excellent. And uh, I know our audience uh, learned,
0: learned a ton. I appreciate it, Chad. Thanks so much.